Welcome everybody back into the Card Chronicle podcast. It is a somber edition of the Card Chronicle podcast. A very special episode, if you want to call it that. Dancing Art, Columbus, Ohio. Mike Rutherford here in Louisville, Kentucky. And Dan, I don't know, man. It kind of feels, this sort of feels like the moment. It kind of feels like this is the moment where everybody's like, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think this team, but I, I know this team doesn't have it. Louisville hosting NC State, looking to bounce back from a loss in Tallahassee over the weekend, and the Cards not only lose to a team that had come into the night eight and eight overall and one and four in ACC play, they get spanked seventy nine to sixty three, a new low I think for the season, which is saying something considering this team has lost at home to Furman and DePaul and been pretty much blown out by Western Kentucky. Where are you mentally right now, Dan? How are you holding up here? As we record this on Thursday morning, about what eleven hours after the carnage. Yeah, I just uh, woke up and had my morning coffee, put on some Bill Withers, and just stared out the window into the Columbus abyss. Gray skies everywhere. <laughs> Probably the last place you want to be if you're like falling into a deep depression. By the way, um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, nothing else to say. I mean, we're out of excuses for this guy. Um, last night's showing was, I mean, it was embarrassing. It really was, you know, there's not really a ton you can add to it. Um, you know, the the warning signs were there. I mean, the home losses to Furman and DePaul should have set off all kinds of alarms that this probably wasn't going to be a season to remember. Um but man, just the way we, you know, the way we played last night, it's just five guys on a court. There's no team at all. I mean, it doesn't look like we've been coached at all. The post game, you know, presser just pissed me off even more with some of the comments. Um, I don't know. Definitely lowest it's been since the end of the Denny era for sure. And it feels a little bit lower because at least with the Denny area, we were like, hey, you know, after this, you know, hopefully we bring in somebody good and there was something to look forward to. You know, we're staring down the pipe of a huge buyout. You know, we don't know if this is going to be his last year or not. But, I mean, this is different than football. Football, there's going to be mediocre years. There's going to be people, you know, bitching about coaching changes or whatnot. But we kind of pushed through that. Basketball is a different animal, man. I mean, this is – this is what the city's all about, and it's downright embarrassing. There's really nothing to add to it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. First of all, I, I should have opened the show by this, uh, apologizing. In the last show of 2021, I promised that we were going to have at least one episode every week. It's a new year. We're going to be focused, and we, we made good on that for exactly zero weeks. So yeah, we're full apologies. of here. <laughs> Apologies for the no podcast last week. Um, I got sick. Dan, I know, I mean, you guys were supposed to come to town last weekend. You guys got sick. It feels like everybody's been sick. Um, we've got, I mean, our, our, our babysitter uh, tested positive for COVID, so we've been without help this week, just scrambling, trying to figure out how we're going to uh, deal with two kids under the age of two and one whom we decided to potty train. That was great timing on that, which is just, you know. Shout out, Virginia. 
Yeah, she took a, a massive dump on the on the potty before last night's game. Thought it was a good omen. Turns out it was just a sign of how we we're going to play. So that was a a slap in the face. But I, I don't know, man. Like, like ten and six now, Louisville. It, it's our worst season through sixteen games since the two thousand two thousand one season that you referenced the the last Denny Crum season. And you're right. This is the lowest I've felt in the middle of a year. Since then, and that includes multiple seasons that wound up with NIT finishes and last year's season, which wound up with us declining an NIT bid. It, it does feel different. And we are, if you go to, uh, I know I know we slipped to number 106 in the net rankings. Right, that's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. And then when you go to Ken Palm, where we have been, you know, we've lived in the top 15 for what feels like the last two decades, we are now down to number 86. That is a full 22 spots lower than the lowest finish any Louisville team has ever had in the Ken Palm era, which started in 2001-2002. So that includes three NIT teams and one team that declined an NIT bid, all finished at least 22 spots higher than where Louisville is right now in the Ken Palm rankings. And it's not like these rankings, these computer rankings, these predictive metrics are feel off base. I think this team is just bad, and I've been saying this for a few weeks now. It's I've been hoping that I was wrong. I've been hoping that I've just been kind of jumping the gun with the way that the team's playing, but they've always given you that stinking suspicion that that there's no like clicking moment to be had. It's just not a good team. The players are we're we're, lo- we're a team loaded with good, not great college players. Um, our head coach doesn't seem to know what to do. <clears throat> he seems pissed off about everything all the time, which is getting beyond annoying. Um, it doesn't seem like the team particularly cares uh, about what happens with the season. It doesn't seem like they particularly like playing for this coach or playing with one another. It, it And it's been this way. That I know there have been flashes here and there where it seems like they've really tried, which has been nice. But it's it's felt this way since really the opening tip-off of the season. There's just been something off. It just hasn't felt like a cohesive unit. Um, do we blame the intro video at this point? Because I, it's hard not, it's hard not to view this all as at least being a little bit personal. You've got the intro video, which froze by the way, before the game uh, is, last night. Yeah, that's, that's tough to wear right there. That's a tough one to wear. You got that going. We're losing to DePaul. Um, you know, we've, we've got just Josh Pastor brings the face shield back for the Georgia Tech game. Uh, right where he's playing Louisville. It just all of this feels like it's a conspiracy against me. And I, I'm willing to take it all on. Like, it, this is all me. I'm going to absorb the pain. I'm going to do like a green mile thing where I'm feeling the collective pain of the entire UofL fan base. And hopefully it's just me hurting until we can bring in a new head coach here or Chris Mack somehow has a uh, renaissance moment. I don't, I don't know. But it's just – this sucks. This sucks because it's not like we're 10 and 6. And I'm like, oh, we're so close and we can make a run. And I think this team actually has what it takes to, to make a deep run if they can just get a little bit hot. We're 10 and 6. And I feel like, yeah, we're still going to win some games. We're probably going to be somewhere around 500 in league play, but I have very little faith in this team's ability to make the NCAA tournament, uh, even less than I did a couple weeks ago, which is saying something. If I asked you percentage chance right now that Louisville makes the NCAA tournament, where are you? Oh, I mean, less than 10, like maybe like an 8% chance. Um, that, that it, This team just doesn't have it, and there's not enough opportunities on the schedule, and there's no way this team will make a run in the ACC tournament. 
you know, we've seen how they've performed under Chris Mack so far in the ACC tournament. Um, you know, I just, I, I've, I've lost, you know, pretty much all faith in the guy. Um, yeah, he can turn in some wins against Boston College and, you know, maybe a couple other mediocre teams this year that we still have left on the schedule, but, um, there, I don't think there's going to be enough opportunities to, you know, kind of get back to where we need to be to be serious about an NCAA tournament berth. Um, <laughs> I, I like almost made like, like it was almost like Festivus, like, like where I like wanted to make a list of my Chris Mack grievances to read on air. But I'm like, <laughs> like too long. I was like, there's too many. I don't even like know where to start. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't even like. I, I've seen some people on Twitter, and that's fine if you believe it. Say, hey, you know, this team has talent, which is, you know, kind of the worst part. I, I actually don't think they're that talented. Um, I'm with you. I, like, you know, I would like some actual basketball players. Like, people are like, well, Jalen Withers is talented. I mean, okay, well, if you're talented, <laughs> he would be performing twenty times better than what we've seen. Yes. Has the player development in the last, you know, three years since Chris Mack's been here been beyond under par a hundred percent? Like I can't name one person that I, I feel like he's developed um, into something. Maybe they're better than they should be. Um, like even David Johnson, like it, it, I feel yeah. like a coach would make him a first round pick easily. And um, under Chris Mack. He slipped all the way to second, and I just – I think he's a lot better than that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – this. these are the bad times, as they say in Goodfellas. There's uh, just the rest of the – Are the good times ever going to come back? back? Yeah, it's like, like where we, are the We good keep times? saying that. <laughs> um, we keep saying that, and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. I mean, this and, – and then you look at the, you know, the – AD situation, the president situation, and that just kind of, you know, murkies the water even more because you don't know what's going to happen there. You don't even know who's in charge of making a decision. Are we actively looking for an AD? Are we actively looking for a president? Is the interim guy going to be the choice? Um, you know, it's easy to see why the fan base is, is quickly jumping off board, not just the Louisville basketball, but, you know, and, and some of the main sports. It's, it's a mess for sure. Um, you know, thank God we got women's basketball, women's volleyball to, to carry the torch here. But um, I don't blame anyone that, you know, is no longer showing their support for, for Chris Mack. It's all just so disappointing because, you know, I, I, a guy asked a question on the radio show on Monday on, on the text line just being like, it sounds like you're more down than usual because like, hey, I've been on the radio long enough that we've had some, some down times uh, with basketball on and off the court for the last several years. And he said, it sounds like you're more down right now, just disappointed, depressed, whatever, than in years past. And why is that? And I was like, well, it's a myriad of reasons, one of which being like I'm with you. When I look at this team play, like I just I don't see the same level of talent that I've seen in virtually any season dating back 20 years and it's not like that we don't have a couple of good college players here and there, but we don't have a great college player. And we don't have a, a player who I think can potentially become a great college player. I know L. Ellis has shown flashes, which is great. Uh, Jalen Withers, we saw flashes last year. I still don't think either one of those guys can be a quote-unquote great college player. 
hopefully both prove me wrong at some point, but I don't think it's going to happen this season. But I think the two main reasons why I'm just so just bummed about everything. One, we all sort of viewed this season as, you know, let's just focus on these five months, right? Like, like we, some bad stuff has happened to us. Some bad, some more bad stuff is going to happen to us at some point in the future. But we know this season is going to be untouched. This, this season is safe. They can't take the 2022 NCAA tournament away from us. So let's just put the blinders on, focus on what we've got this year, try to enjoy the ride, and hopefully it's fun. And we're here, we're in the middle of it, and it's not fun. It's kind of like if you're in the middle of a, a life shitstorm, you know, you've had, maybe you got laid off from your job, you had a bad breakup, something, you know, family trouble, whatever. And you've had this really nice vacation planned for a long time. And, and you're like, yeah, my, my life is kind of in disarray right now. I'm going to have to deal with all this stuff at some point, but at least I've got this one week to just kind of put all my troubles aside, enjoy some drinks, enjoy an exotic locale and have a good time. And then you get there. And it just fucking rains the whole time. It's just like it's a hurricane. It's you've got terrible weather here. The service is bad. They messed your room up. That's kind of what we're we're dealing with right now. This this period of time where we were supposed to be able to put the blinders on and not listen to the NCAA stuff or or what's going to come or are we going to get banned? Aren't we going to get banned? How many years is the ban going to be? It, it's been awful. It, it, we haven't even been able to have fun these past two months, and I think the two months ahead are going to be even worse. So yep. that's a that's bad. And then. The other thing that I, that I was thinking this week, like Tuesday night, and I know you were watching too, incredible night of college basketball. We, we've got, you know, I get home from the radio show and right away flip on the end of USC Stanford, which was being played early because it was a COVID pushback, and USC gets knocked off from the ranks of, of the unbeaten. So they, they take their first loss. And then you've got you know, Baylor, the only other undefeated team, goes down at home to Texas Tech. Fantastic game. You've got that wild finish between Kansas and Iowa State where Kansas scores, Iowa State scores. They go back and forth. Nobody calls timeout, and Kansas ends up winning by one. And then the late-night game, Auburn-Alabama, awesome rivalry game, crazy atmosphere inside Alabama's arena. Auburn wins. The players do the Crimson Crane thing on, on, on the floor, and just all this crazy stuff happening. And it just reminded me how far away we are from being part of it, you know, part of the conversation part of the season like like right there it's a central figure like we're so used to being and you know these are our, our friend text group was was talking about this a couple days ago like these are the toughest six or seven weeks to just be alive in, in this part of the country just with the the weather being what it is it's always it's still dark it's gloomy you've moved past the holidays there's not much to look forward to you don't have like a, a days off from work coming anytime soon um, you know, everybody's really locked into work or locked into school. Like these January and February, once you get a little bit removed from New Year's, are tough. And for us, it's always been like college basketball brings us through. Co- college basketball is the reward for toughing it out during these months. You may have to get up at 6 a.m. when it's pitch black outside and scrape off your car windshield and get bundled up and deal with some slushy road conditions. But your reward at the end of it is coming home and watching Louisville play Syracuse or, or North Carolina or something on ESPN and getting excited about that and the world of college basketball. And we are so far removed from the conversation that it just makes me so sad. I mean, and this is, we're not used to this. Even when we've had down seasons, it's been like, oh, Edgar Sosa's shooting too much. 
but maybe we'll only be an eight seed in the tournament. And now it's like, <laughs> do we have anybody that can help us beat Pitt on Wednesday <laughs> who has a losing? It's just so fucking depressing, man. Like it, it's just so sad. And I know that I'm, we're both kind of down on the talent. It still should be better than this. I think we can agree I, on that too. Dude. And that's the thing. Like, I still don't know if Chris Mack, like, grasps how, like, like, has a full grasp on how important it is to this city and how, like, every possession should be, like, fucking life or death. I mean, like, we're, yeah. what's the, what's the Texas baseball coach viral video, Augie, where he's like, don't you fucking get it? <laughs> like, this isn't about a game. This is about our lives. Like, I have failed you. Like, 100%. Like, I mean, this is, this is what we look forward to. I mean, this is, this is like what Louisville, I mean, you live in the city and you live and breathe this stuff. This is unacceptable. I mean, maybe at Xavier, you could get away with having a shitty game and then at your post game press conference, you know, throwing it on the players. I mean, we're going to put everything you do and everything you say under the microscope. And you can't just shit on the players when it's been your shitty performance for the last three years. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough. You know, here we go with, like, the Scott Satterfield thing. But I'm, I think he's, like, a nice guy off the court. But <laughs> if we're, we need results here, Chris. And, unfortunately, we're not getting them. Like you said, it just makes these winter months – you know, that much longer. Um, I don't know. Is, I, is love there... that, I, I love that we keep, like, a, like the only way that we feel good about Satterfield or Mac is if they're not doing anything and the other guys in the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. like, 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 during the football season, we're like, thank God for Chris Mack. Like, fuck Neely Bentapudi for suspending him for one month. Like, thank God Mac's back. And then, like, Mac starts coaching, and it's like, God damn it, I've got more faith in Satterfield. And then, like, the bowl game happens, and it's it's like – well, maybe Mac had turned it around, and now it's like, you know, Satterfield was close in a lot of those games last year. He, uh, he's got Malik coming back. It's gonna be okay. I mean, it's just so, it's so, if we couldn't laugh, we'd be dead. Like, like that's, that's what it is. There, I mean, is there a tipping point in the season where, you know, like a, a, a loss to Pitt or a loss to Boston College or, you know, a losing record, you know, is that, is there a point where it's like, hey, I mean, I know this buyout is big, but, you know, <laughs> we're losing everybody here, like, to where you think a, a change would be made. Because I, I honestly still think with that buyout, unless there's level two violations um, for the Dino Gaudio thing, you know, we talked about this last night. I I just can't see them pulling the trigger with that big of a buyout, which just, it hurts me to say because, I mean, we really need a change of direction here. But I don't know if there's going to be a tipping point in the year um, or not. But it's uh, it, it, that's why it just it, it makes looking forward to the rest of the season that much worse is because I, I truly think in my heart of hearts we might have another year with this guy. It's like, did Dino win in all of this? <laughs> Oh my god, that was hilarious! Yeah, he knows at home. Just he's just like doing push-ups in front of the TV. His Louisville gets housed by NC State. He's like he like keeps picking it up as the score keeps getting bigger. He's like doing claps in between push-ups now. Oh my god! I mean, it, let's talk about yeah the situation if you want to call it that. We'll use air quotes because it's not as 
I know everybody last night was like, well, that's it. Like, we got to fire the guy. Who are your candidates and all this stuff? It's not that cut and dry. Like, it, it's just not because $12 million is the number. And I don't care what Vince Tyre said in that exchange with Tim Sullivan. I mean, UofL is, is strapped for cash, at least more so than it has been in times when it's kind of been in the same type of situation with a football or a basketball coach. So, $12 million is a lot, and the only way that Louisville doesn't have to pay that $12 million is if the NCAA holds up the Level 2 violations that were a result of the, the Dino Gaudio thing. I've said it, I think, on this podcast a couple of times. Like College basketball writers, college basketball people all seem to indicate that that's probably not going to happen. They all believe that the, the Level 2 violations won't hold up, which would remove UofL's ability to fire Chris Mack for cause. The other thing that I, I don't think it's talked about enough in these discussions of, you know, can we do this? Is this even possible? Is the timing of it all. Like the, the NCAA and the IARP stuff seem more likely than not to come out at some point in like June or July. And if that's the case, then that's too late. Like, like all the, all the major coaching moves are going to happen in, you know, the second half of March or the first half of April. That, that's the way this works. And so if you want to go out there and land an elite candidate, you need to know you got to have all your ducks in a row pretty soon after the season ends. And if the NCAA is coming to us in July and saying, you know, these are level two violations or these aren't level two violations, it, it almost doesn't matter. It, it's going to be too late for us to, to react accordingly. So I think it's certainly possible that Chris Mack is still your head coach next year. If this becomes a just complete calamity, like Louisville has a losing record in the worst ACC of all time uh, or something along those lines, I don't know. I mean, people are like, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Somebody's going to have to pony up some cash, and somebody's also going to have to make sure that we have a, a a guy waiting in the wings who we feel good about, who we feel confident about. And please, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I don't I'm not comfortable with the Kenny Payne groundswell that's happening right now amongst a certain segment of the U of L fan base because everybody who I trust who covers this game has all has said the same thing, which is it would be a disaster for you guys. So I don't know where we're moving. I don't know what the consensus is, but these are going to be a long and not fun two or three months ahead of us. Like it's I and I, again I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we reel off Seven wins in a row, and we're feeling good, and we're back in the NCAA tournament discussion and all that good stuff, but that certainly does not feel like a possibility at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it's it's one of those things where for, like, the next, uh, I don't know, because, like, we don't, like you said, the timing is, is, is kind of weird right now, so maybe we don't... Um, you know, make a, a, a coaching change move in either sport, like anytime soon. And what that's going to do is it's going to be 12 to 14 months of the fan base just, I don't know, um, making coaching lists on their own and getting these thoughts in their head and talking themselves into these candidates that, you know, might not be realistic. You know, by the end of this, it could be a, a whole nother year before Chris Mack is ultimately let go and the fan bases talk themselves into Jay Wright is coming. And when he doesn't come, then whoever, whoever the guy is that comes, we're ultimately going to be disappointed. So 
Um, that's why you think that's not already happening? Yeah, like, I know. Like, and now it's going to be like, now you're going to have like 15 message board threads, like Dan Sennard from the Card Chronicle pod says Jay Wright's coming. Is this guy yeah. reputable? Like, what can you tell me about him? It, exactly. And it's like, well, I am pretty reputable. Um, but <laughs> had a tweet the other day, almost went 400 likes. We'll, 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 we'll talk. About <laughs> but anyways, um, no, I mean, that, I, I try to, like, we, we talk about it amongst like our, you know, our text thread, we just like to like bounce around candidates and stuff. Um, but it, it like, I don't know. I'm not comfortable just like making lists like here, like on the show of like, Hey, this would be the guy or blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's still so much to happen. There's still more of the season to play out. Um, but I think me and you, we're just kind of expressing our feelings of, Hey, this, this is kind of the direction, um, you know, that we feel things are going and we just don't see it getting any better. But I mean, that's why you play. You never know, but um, certainly, certainly doesn't look good right now. Let's talk about, cause we, we sort of danced around it. The, the post game press conference, I think has a lot of people riled up just the way that Chris Mack handled it. There was a whole lot of, it, it felt like player blaming. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what he was trying to do. It didn't seem like a whole lot of, this is on me. This isn't on the guys. We got to get this figured out. He was essentially saying at one point, like when I put guys into a game, I don't know what I'm getting, um, which is not what you want to hear when you're when you're still holding out at least some hope that there can be some miraculous turnaround. Um, you know, he's like one get one game I get this from a guy, and the next game I don't get anything from a guy. I don't know who to put in. I don't know what to do. Um, these guys aren't aren't giving me enough. It's frustrating, and. Like yeah, I, I see some of that. Like the players aren't giving you enough, but at some point that becomes on you because you assembled this roster. You're the one who's with these guys every single day. You're the one whose job it is to motivate them when they're not looking like they they care all that much, and you're not doing a great job of it. And you can kind of see, I mean, you can kind of see why the players don't want to get excited for him because he does this. And and I don't know if I I know I've talked about it on the radio show. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but the Overly, I'm so pissed off, over the top, just animated style that he has during games, it's kind of off-putting. Just because it, it seems like he's trying to send a message out there to everybody watching on TV and everybody who's at the game. Like, I'm just as pissed off as you guys. I can't believe how bad these guys are. Look at me. Like, I'm putting my head in my hands. I'm not doing any code. Like, coach the guys. Like, And also, like, we've heard so much about toughness from Chris Mack and, you know, guys who need to overcome them not getting the playing time they want or, or playing the position they want. You got to out, you got to work out of it, work, work your way out of it. I mean, he, and he like, in like his fourth game here, openly called the players fucking pussies on the bench. Uh, the camera caught him saying that in that Tennessee game. Like maybe you show some toughness right now because you're clearly pissed off about the suspension. You're clearly pissed off that the, the fan base was kind of upset with you even before the start of the season. You're clearly pissed off at the way that this year's going. Work your way out of it. Like, like stop, stop doing the oh, I'm throwing my hands up. I'm putting my hands in my head. I'm, um, I'm pissed off at the players after. Work your way out of it. Be tough. Like these are tough times. Sack up, to use Dan Dockich's quote, and get the job, get the job done behind the scenes. Like, like but I, I genuinely feel that way. Like, if if you're this, you know, really strong-willed hard ass who gets it done by just by being this 
scrappy, outworking guy. Like, start right now. Like, get this team. You should have this team as limited as they may be playing balls to the wall every second of every 40-minute game. Like, because that's the only way that they have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. And we're not seeing that right now. We're not seeing that effort. We're not seeing that mentality. We're not seeing that desire. We're not seeing that desperation. And it's in you, on you, to instill that in them. Like, this is your job. This is why you get paid $5 million a year. Yeah. and Start I making think, something happen. No, and I think the, the, the desperation is what we're not seeing. I think that's kind of what's rubbing fans the wrong way. I mean, his body language, I mean, pl- players see that, and it rubs off on them. I mean, this might be the worst body language team that I can remember. Um, you know, everyone like, looks miserable all the time. Yeah. They look miserable all the time. It, it's like the, the end of the bench. Like, even in close games, like, you know, you don't see the end of the bench going nuts. Like, if we start to make a comeback, half the bench is sitting, half is standing. Um, like I said earlier, it just doesn't look like a team. Um, it just looks like there's five guys out there and it's five guys who Chris Mack is basically just guessing is going to get the job done because he doesn't have a feel for his guys or, you know, who's going to perform. And does some of that go on the players? Yes. I mean, we, we've seen the inconsistency. Um, you know, so they're, they're not here, you know, to escape all the blame, but, you know, you're making $4 million a year. It's your job to figure it out. Um, you know, it, it seems like, <laughs> I don't, I mean, the whole lineup shuffling, I mean, it's exhausting. It's, it's hard to keep up with. Um, I just don't know what happened. I really was excited about his hire and we got him. I was excited about the toughness that his Xavier team showed. Um, and I'm just, I, I, I just am bewildered that we have not seen any of that in his four years. I mean, there's just zero physical toughness, zero mental toughness. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can harp on, on the bad things all day. Um, it was, if, if you want to take a glimmer of hope, it looks like Sidney Curry, um, you know, he's coming out of his shell a little bit. Uh, so it was nice to see him perform last night. Um, Maybe he can give us some consistency. It's tough. I mean, it just, the offense last night, you know, during that 16-0 run, I mean, my God, that was one of the lowest moments I remember having watching Louisville basketball. I mean, sloppy, horrible defense, give up um, within the team. Um, I don't know, man, just show some pride. Like, I mean, I think the fans will notice a difference if, you know, there, there's a change in attitude and a change of will. Um, even if we we still take a couple losses, but right now, I mean, the fans aren't dumb. They can sense when it's just guys out there playing and kind of going through the motions, and that's what we're watching right now. Did the lake trip not go well this summer? Did we, <laughs> did we need two lake trips? I, I I don't know because it just the lack of cohesiveness the lack of team unity is just so apparent and I do the guy that I feel really bad for this morning is the guy you mentioned like poor Sidney Curry plays the game of his life like like he has 22 points he's he's having spin he's looking like a like who we wanted Derek character to be when he was here like he's he's spinning in the lane he's hitting hook shots he's he's ripping rebounds away from the NC State front court and he wakes up this morning after the game of his life and everybody is like 
oh, I fucking hate watching this team. Like, <laughs> like, Louisville basketball is the worst. It's killing me. Like, he's getting no praise for having the game of his life and single-handedly keeping us within shouting distance in the second half, and that sucks. But, I mean, with Mac, he just seems pissed off all the time, and not in, like, a productive pissed off all the time. Like, like Rick would be mad all the time, especially when the team was losing, but it felt like it was directed anger. He, he could channel that anger into accomplishing something. With Mac, it's almost like he's just trying to show us that it's not him. Like, I, I'm so pissed off because I'm so much better than this. Like, like, this is if I was in a different place, if the circumstances had been better, if I hadn't had to get rid of Luke Murray and Dino Gaudio, if all this stuff hadn't happened, if I'd just been able to run my ship, you guys, we'd be right there in the national title mix, and you guys don't even know. And fine, maybe some stuff happened that was out, outside of your control. Maybe you're upset about that. This is still your job. You're paid very handsomely to get it done regardless of the circumstances. I'm sure things happened behind the scenes that Denny Crum didn't like back in the day. I'm sure things happened behind the scenes that Rick Pitino didn't like back in the day. They both just put it aside and got the job done. You seem completely incapable of putting anything to the side or getting the job done, and it's painfully apparent to everybody. And now we're in this weird spot where it also doesn't help that the ACC is so bad right now because yeah. you can't even get up for these games. It's not like you've got a top 25 opponent every single week that you're like, you know, if we can just string together a couple of these wins, then maybe this can start to get rectified. This can start to get better. It just feels like we are we're out there in the middle of a lake, the Chris Mack Lake, no life jacket, nobody around, and we're just floating. We're just floating, and we know it's we don't know where we're going, but we know. It's not somewhere we want to be. I hate to, like, always go back like compare it to, obviously, the Patino years because, obviously, it's different. I mean, um, but one thing Patino did that, like, I just have not seen it from Chris Mack is he treated these, like, you know, uh, below average team, like, like an NC state, he treated these games like he would treat like the Duke game. Like he, oh he yeah, was hard enough to know, Hey, a loss here, we're going to get bumped from the three line to the six line or something like that. Um, and, and this team just plays it like, Hey, uh, you know, we're going to out talent these guys. You know, we don't have to play it. There's just no sense of urgency. Like these are the games you have to win. These are the games when you have a team down, you know, 18, 15, um, you need to put your foot on their throat and just full gas ahead. And it, that's like the one thing these last three years I just never see is we just fuck around with these, you know, below average teams. And that's what ends up costing you at year's end. Yeah, if, if there was ever a, even a hint in a game like last night's, you know, in the first, like, two minutes that the team maybe was not coming out with the right mentality, I mean, bam, Patino was calling timeout, he was ripping everybody a new asshole, and there was going to be life on the floor after that. Like, like that was just, that was what he did, and I think he knew that if you have a team that's not going to get up for the lower teams on its schedule, then you've got a team that has no chance of, of, of having the mental toughness necessary to win six games in the NCAA tournament, and, and he knew that, and we always did a really good job. We didn't win <clears throat> every game we were favored to win, but against teams where it was like a take-care-of-business game, it felt like we always took care of business. And this team, it's so reminiscent of last year. I think the difference is this team's just not as good as last year because they don't have Carly Jones or David Johnson. 
but the mentality that they have is so similar. Because last year's team would, you know, they'd beat a average Duke team, but it was Duke. So they got a lot of attention, and we would be excited, and we're like, here we go. What seed are we going to be? And they'd come out the next game against, you know, a shitty Miami team or Clemson and just kind of go through the motions and get beat. And that's what ended up costing them a trip to the NCAA tournament, is they thought they thought the whole time they were better than they were. And they never had anybody kind of jump their ass and say, you've got to, I mean, going back to what you were saying at the very beginning of the pod, you've got to treat every second like it's the most important second of basketball you've ever played. Like, that's the mentality you have to have if you're a team that doesn't have just natural next-level talent. If you still want to be a great college team, every second has to be precious. And this team, it's like no seconds are precious. And I just... Maybe it's because we've been spoiled for the last 30 years, even if you want to go back to, like, the crumb teams we were complaining about in the 90s. I mean, we were complaining about being six seeds at one point in time. My God, I'd give my life for a six seed right now. Even if we lost to an 11, just give us that chance. Um, it, it Like, all those teams, they seem to at least understand how much this mattered to everybody and how big a deal this was. And the last two years especially, I just have not have not felt that whatsoever. Um, I've got a couple things I, I want to toss at you before we get out of here, but do want to remind you guys before we get to that, our friends over at Homefield Apparel, kind enough to sponsor us on this podcast as always. Go to homefieldapparel.com. If you're so mad you want to buy college gear for teams that are actually playing well, they've got a myriad of choices that you can choose from. If you want to buy Cardinal gear, hoping to turn the season around, they've got the best Cardinal gear you can find. Go to homefieldapparel.com. And when you check out, use the promo code CHRONICLE15, all one word, CHRONICLE, and then the number 15 at checkout, and that's going to save you 15% off your first purchase. We've got the softest hoodies, the most innovative t-shirts, the best college sports gear you can find anywhere is at homefieldapparel.com. Follow them at Twitter, at homefieldapparel, without an E. It's going to be the best way to find out all their new releases. They released a new DePaul line this week. Pick up some of that stuff. I feel like it was directed at me once again, but that's okay. We love our, our guys over at Homefield Apparel. Check them out today and use that promo code CHRONICLE15. Dan, where do we go from here now? Like, I, we've got this pit game coming up this weekend, which may be the least enthusiastic that I, Louisville fans have ever collectively been about a, a road game in, in ACC play. But do we? I, I guess we just kind of have to keep treading water, like keep following along, keep seeing what's going on. I, I just this kind of feels like the moment to me, and I, I hope I'm wrong, but last night just felt like the moment where it was like everybody realized this isn't going to end well, this isn't salvageable, and I'm not just talking about this season specifically. It feels like we are in a place that I did not expect us to be as a program or as a team, but here we are. Yeah, we, we've kind of tricked ourselves into maybe believing all these excuses we've had, like, the last three years, whether it be injuries, whether it be COVID, you know, um, whether it be, you know, a newness to the program, um, there, there just always seem to be excuses. And it, it's clear that we're, we're kind of past that stage and we're out of excuses. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're basically just on a lifeboat right now, riding out the rest of the season. Um, of course, we're still going to watch. We're still going to pull for them. Um, I just, I, I mean, like if, if you're like, Hey, what are you looking for? Um, I mean, obviously I want wins. I'm not going to say like, Oh, it doesn't matter about wins and losses. Cause it does. I want wins, but like, I want to see some like team camaraderie. I want to see 
the bench excited. I want to see like guys acting like they care. And I mean, it may be too late. Um, but you know, uh, I just want to see that there's some sort of message getting across of just how important this is and how these players, you know, shouldn't be taking this for granted. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, what am I looking forward to? Like, well, uh, the Reds looks like Major League Baseball is probably going to be a lockout. The Reds probably suck again. The oh Vikings God. just fired their coach. Um, yeah, I don't know. Fantasy golf? I don't know. It's been almost two years since we were like, maybe we just need to become like war dads. Yeah. And just get really into a specific war. And I kind of feel like that, that plan... We should have we should have enacted it two years ago, like we, because yeah, we messed up. We did, we really did. Uh, Post pandemic life has not been all that kind. I, I mean, the thing that we're going to remember these two seasons by this football season and this men's basketball season. I mean, we retired poor Lamar and Russ's jersey in the middle of these two complete shit storms. It's like just try, completely throwing a bone to the fan base and being like, hey, hey, remember Russ? Remember <laughs> Lamar? Those were good times. So. The Russ thing, first off, I'm coming back in for the game. And fans, regardless of how the team's doing, we need yeah. to show out for Russ. I mean, like, if there's one thing the fans can hang their hat on this season, like, we really need to pack the arena for Russ. Like, I mean, don't do it for, you know, the coach if you're not supporting him. Just do it for Russ. I mean, my God, that guy gave us everything he had. Um, for the time he was here, just an absolute beloved figure. I'm ex- I'm super excited about it. Like I would drive across the country for for rest, but three hours will do. So I'm I'm looking forward to the game. So I'm, I, I, you know this already. I'm doing the Q and A session with Russ at his kind of after party thing for the retirement jersey ceremony. And I was like, what if I just sat down and I'm like, who'd you like the next little basketball coach to be, Russ? <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be incredible. Just straight Chris Mack questions for an hour. Just be like, well, what do you think Patino would do with this team, Russ? Just uh, make everybody feel really awkward. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited about uh, Russ being uh, in town. I'm excited about Russ getting a, a shot with the, the, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants right now. Hopefully the Pacers will call him up at some point because he's uh, he's getting buckets in the G League like he always has. So we love Russ around here. Always have, always will. And excited, yeah. That, that's kind of the one thing that you still everybody has circled is at least that'll be fun. Which is exactly how we felt about the Lamar thing going into that Syracuse game as well. At, at least we've got that. But outside of that, man, I just I just don't know. We do have a new co-defensive coordinator. Dan is um ah, is is, is West McGriff, McGriff. Oh, is sorry. is the, uh, the is the coach crime dog getting y'all amped up for Louisville football 2022? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I like say I'm excited or not excited just because I mean it sounds like he's been a lot of places he's pulled a couple good recruits um I I checked uh his mentioned history in Twitter last night it seems uh the old Miss defense he was the defensive coordinator for uh people weren't exactly thrilled with that um but there are it sounds like a lot of people think he's good and um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess we did something. So I'll, uh, I'll clap for that. Louisville sports, 2021, 2022. We did something. That's, yeah. uh, that, that's pretty accurate. Um, I really don't have anything else left to say on the basketball front. I feel like we've 
we've kind of spoken our piece here for long enough. Uh, it's bad. It's 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 not fun. I don't see it getting much better. I think I think we're going to have moments every now and then where it's like, hey, we hit way more threes than we're used to hitting, and we beat like Syracuse yeah. or. You know, maybe we we even beat Virginia at home in a couple of weeks and have some good moments here or there, but it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to rise to the level where we're good enough and consistent enough to make the NCAA tournament at this point. So, yeah, hoping for the best, but kind of see the writing on the wall at this point. I don't know. It sucks. It it just it, it sucks. Do you have uh, any parting thoughts yourself? No, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I saw. I haven't talked to my dad about the game. Like we're in, we're in like, you know, uh, we're in the stage of our lives where like our our dads like. I mean, we take the losses hard. Like I just already know when I talk. To my dad, like I just know first thing that's coming. Like yeah, this guy is not going to cut it. Get him out of here. I think like every you know like twenty to thirty five year old has, has gotten that text from their dad already. Um, or, or had a conversation about it, like, this guy's just not going to work. Um, so I'm sure I got that coming down the pipe. But um, My dad has already – my dad has made the transition, and I knew it was going to come at some point. Uh, he's in his 70s now. He's made the transition to, I just hope we're good again before I die. And I'm like <laughs> – Glenn. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, come on. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, I want one last run before I die. I'm like, Dad – Let's let, let's not do that. Let, let, let's keep it a little bit light. But did you hear uh, that, Josh? Heard the the clock is ticking. We got to go now. We can't wait. You're for killing it. my dad, Chris. You're <laughs> killing my father. Oh my god, God! I you love happy it. about this, Chris? You like seeing my dad die, <laughs> losing basketball? Oh, I know. Glenn takes those losses hard, man, and just like He's all, not happy. yeah, he, is, he sure. is not happy. Uh, yeah, well. well um, Keep moving forward here. Do you have a Dan of the Dumps for this week? Yeah, I got one. I, I don't this know. This whole show has kind of been Dan of the Dumps. I know. I'm like, I could just replay the show here. Um, well, I like, I, I saw on, on Twitter this week, it was uh, the, I, I feel like I'm always going back to my high school days and people are like, does this kid just always talk about his high school days? I promise. I'm, I'm, I know I'm a loser. I'm not that big of a loser, but it was our attorney's basketball coach, Mike Zabo got his what 600th win this week um or I don't know was it 500 or 600 I don't remember what it was it was some big accomplishment one that of I, the two. yeah it was a big round number yeah um so and like I had seen someone like uh like one of our old stats guys like was like here's like their uh you know their results their final results from his first year and I'll never forget because I was on his first team I was a junior and we played more high school and point I mean I was pretty good at basketball like you know eighth grade I was one of the studs on the team I started uh, most of the games freshman and sophomore year um so I don't know like at that point I'm I'm still kind of dumb and naive and I'm going through practice you know thinking that I'm going to have, you know, a decent role on the team. Might be not starting, but um, have a decent role on the team. Well, our first game against Moore was the first game I ever that I had never gotten in a basketball game. Like, I didn't get in. And I remember, I mean, and I was, like, I was the kid growing up. If I struck out, if I did something dumb, like, I would just full out cry. I remember after the game, I went, I went out to my I'm car. Confirmed. 
And I just fucking cried my eyes out. <laughs> I it was like, oh my God, I didn't get in. And like, uh, to like compound it, like I, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time was like, you should just quit. <laughs> I'm like looking back like 20 years later, I'm like, Jesus, glad I didn't take that advice. And then like to double compound it, like, I mean, Coach, I think he's mellowed out a lot. And, I, by the way, Coach is awesome. I love Coach Zabo. I, I do think he's mellowed out from what I've heard. But, um, I mean, that first year, he was pretty tough on us. And after we lost, he was so pissed off. We had a 4, I think it was a 4.15 a.m. practice the next Saturday. So, like, not only did I, like, cry in my car, I had to, like, go home, go to bed, <laughs> and pick up, and just get my ass chewed, even though I didn't even play and run till I couldn't even think straight the next day. So, um, yeah, I mean, coach has come a long way. So congrats to him on whatever that big round number is, whether it's 500, 600. I know he's added a couple state titles in there. Um, maybe a next candidate to be on the coach of the U of L sidelines. You never know. Um, but get him uh, over there. Shout out, shout out Mike Zabo. Yeah, it's LIT week. I don't know. Journey made the quarterfinals and that was the big thing was that. That team, his first team, was the first team ever to make it to the LIT quarterfinals. And I was, I saw that and I was like, my God, how much things have changed over the last uh, 20 years or so over there with that program. But shout out to them. And, you know, the next year, your senior year in the LIT, we've told the story. I think that was another day in the dumps where you guarded Rajon Rondo for approximately three possessions to start the game against Eastern. Yeah. And then because he dunked all three times, I think you guys had to go to zone and I, was I, not I, overly effective. Yeah. Because he he ended up setting the LIT record for points in a tournament. I wonder if it's right. still stands. If we got a statistician out there that wants to look that up, that would be interesting. But uh, yeah, he it was. Does. Uh, it's still it's it's still the record. Yeah. Well. Yep. That was uh. That was that was. You pretty much you yeah. pretty much jump started that. That that was pretty much you. You basically you were the spark plug that got that thing going. Those first few possessions. He wouldn't have broken the record. If, you know, Chris McCoy had been healthy and, and guarding him instead of you. Are you saying Coach Zabo, after 500 wins, knew what he was doing when I didn't get in the first game against Moore? Yeah, <laughs> that, he probably knew what he was doing. Uh, all right, that's a, we've talked long enough. I mean, we're all pretty down right now. There's There's no way around it. It's sad. It sucks. But hopefully the next pod will be better. We've got women's basketball. They're back. They returned from their brief COVID pause. They're back on the floor tonight taking on Syracuse. So at least we've got one competent basketball team in this area to root for for the next couple of months. Hopefully the men can pick it up. But if they don't, we're still going to be potting. We're still going to try to make these two months as fun as we possibly can. If you haven't yet, please subscribe for the, to the pod. You can do that wherever you listen to your podcast. Just uh, click subscribe. Give us a rating if you can. Give us a, a nice review if you can. We'll read those reviews on the pod just to try to uh, – you know, give you that little push to make that happen. So big thanks to everybody for listening. Hopefully things get better. If they're not, it's okay. We're still going to be talking to you guys next week. So enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. Go Cards. Go Cards.